Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 77. Greetings and welcome to the Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas. I hope you've been having a fantastic week. It has been busy, busy, busy time over here in uh, Comics Coffee Metal HQ. Uh, just slammed with deadlines and colds and <laughs> uh, other uh, familial duties. And yeah, it's 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 been kind of nuts over here. So, But I have managed to find some really cool stuff to talk about on the show and also record an interview with a very cool guest. So I got nothing to add here. I got nothing else to yammer on about. So let's get right to it. going to mix things up and today we're going to start off with a coffee recommendation uh i had ordered some bones coffee a few weeks ago and it finally came in i've got a bunch of sampler packs uh courtesy of my lovely wife as a gift for uh for the show <laughs> to to review some uh some different stuff on the show and again i'm these a lot of these are flavored coffees and i'm not a huge flavored coffee guy but i have enjoyed a couple recently so i decided what the hell? Let's try some more. So I am a couple of flavors into this Bones Coffee uh, pack I bought, and while they're, they were good, one just exceeded all expectations and kind of blew the rest out of the water, if I'm being honest. And that is the Army of Dark Chocolate, which is a dark roast with, you know, chocolate. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, with a, it says a splash of decadent dark chocolate flavor and that is that's an absolute lie this thing is chocolatey as all get out it's like having like a mocha coffee brew it is absolutely delicious uh with flavored coffees sometimes you know it'd be like you know this first cup's really good and then the second and third cup you're kind of like i'm kind of over it you know i I don't really uh want this anymore this my wife and i we were just like this is really good (laughs) Uh, it makes the whole house smell like uh, chocolate, first of all. My daughter thought we were making brownies uh, when I was prepping the the coffee maker. So, yeah, it's a very strong smell. Uh, a good smell, but a very strong smell. Uh, and, yeah, it's just super rich, but not, not so much to where it's just off-putting. It's, yeah, it's just like a perfect drink. Like, I don't know if I'm going to keep ordering this, but just because I feel like this would be perfect to have in the middle of winter. You know, if you're looking for, like, a hot chocolate, but you also want coffee, here you go. This is definitely the way to go. Uh, the Bones Coffee Army of Dark Chocolate. Yeah, it's it's killer. Uh, it's absolutely great. And, of course, you know, I uh, gotta love the reference for Army of Darkness and the, the cover art on the bag. And, yeah, I, I, I would definitely be uh, getting this again when the time comes, for sure. Highly recommend All right, for my music recommendation this week, I am going with the debut album, Is This Rage, from Bastardane. Bastardane is a brand new band with some very talented young gentlemen in it, uh, and that is Jake Ben on lead vocals and bass, Ethan Sorotsky on guitars, and, well, uh, you'll recognize this young man's last name at least, Castor Hetfield on percussion and backing vocals. Uh, yes, that is James Hetfield's son, Castor, and... Uh, while there is some heavy parental pedig- pedigree here, uh, this is no riding coattails situation. These guys are damn good. <laughs> there is some serious heaviness going on here. Their sound is something very reminiscent of the kind of uh, sludgier, groovy era of corrosion of conformity, which makes sense considering how familiar <laughs> uh, James and Pepper Keenan from uh, COCR with each other. And yeah. It's just a really, really great debut album. It's big. It's uh, thick riffs. Great production. It sounds, it sounds like it's from that era, but it doesn't sound lo-fi or anything like that. I really appreciate them. Not like, you know, I guess, I guess uh, using Metallica money <laughs> to get super high-end polished production and stuff like that. They definitely had a sound in mind, and they they achieved it. And when it comes to the performances, I am just kind of a, a bit blown away about how mature a lot of the stuff is on this album. Not to say that's overly complicated or 
super technical, but it's just very confident. Like they, they knew what they were going for and, and they definitely did it. Uh, I, I will say that Caster's drumming is, he may look like and <laughs> be his father's son. He definitely drums like uh, Uncle Lars. It is very, I don't want to say minimal, but it's, it's, it serves the song. It's to the point, and I think even stylistically, it seems like he kind of has the kind of backbeat groove that Lars employs a lot and just kind of the overall thing, which makes sense. You know, you grew up around that. That's going to be your main point of reference. And it's kind of really cool to hear that style of drumming applied to different styles of metal and stuff like that. So, yeah, really, really cool stuff. Uh, as I said, the, the riffs are, are fantastic. The vocals are great. It's just super heavy, sludgy stuff that's great. If, if you like Corrosion Conformity, if you like kind of doomy, sludgy stuff, this is definitely up your alley. Um, there's a ton of great tracks on here. Uh, the opener, above all, instantly hooked me in. Uh, Gaslight is fantastic. The Cavalier. It, it's, yeah, it's 10 tracks. All are really good. 40 minutes can't go wrong there this, this, is an, this is an excellent debut album I'm looking forward to see what these gentlemen do next and yeah they're getting a lot of heat because of the uh, the you know the, the elephant headfield in the room but they seem to be backing it up at least for me song wise they're backing it up and uh, I hope they get I hope they get a bunch of success because it, it definitely seems like they they deserve it in terms of uh, at the very least in terms of musicality and my enjoyment of it so that is that. Um, I will leave you with the first track off the album, Above All. This is Bastardane, Is This Rage, available everywhere. So my comic book recommendation this week is the utterly fantastic all-ages book, Jonah and the Unpossible Monsters. This is from Oni Press, and it is written by Chris and Laura Somney. Line art by Chris Somney, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by Crank. Um, I had the uh, distinct pleasure of meeting Chris uh, a few years ago at C2E2, uh, probably more than a few years ago at this point, but um, Chris is an amazing guy. And he's been doing the modern master thing of artwork for, in comics for quite a few years now. Um, he has such a fantastic quality and economy to his line. And just, he seems to tackle every single genre with such adeptness that it's, it's sickening, really. <laughs> and it's only made worse when he is partnered with the fantastic Matt Wilson on Colors. These gentlemen have been teamed together for quite a while, and they work so perfectly in sync with each other. I have to think that uh, Chris's art is kind of a colorist dream or nightmare, because it's probably something so fun to imagine the possibilities and then realize that you could probably go way too wrong and do way too much to, uh, to, to color it. Um, though I'm sure there's someone who's a master at rendering and color that would do something utterly fantastic. Matt seems to have found the the, the, the perfect way to complement Chris's artwork it, with just seemingly flat colors, but there's that hint of texture uh, underneath everything and then, you know, throwing in some slight shadows and, you know, coupled with Chris's mastery of you know, storytelling and 
dropping his own shadows in there. Yeah, it's just it's such a beautiful book. If the story wasn't enjoyable, which it it incredibly is, uh, just this book alone would be just fantastic just to look at and read. And there's I know there's a black and white version. I think of the first issue released, and well, that's certainly going to be would be an amazing thing to behold in its own right. Just these these two gentlemen, this combo of art, you, you can't beat it. It's stunning. That said. The story is really, really fun and engaging as well. Uh, Laura and Chris definitely crafted a really fun, perfect kind of all-ages story. It's, uh, again, about Jonah, <laughs> but it's also more, oh, not more, but it's also just as much about her sister, Rainbow, who is searching for Jonah after uh, an event caused them to be separated. And I did not know what this book was going to be, to be honest. I only saw the preview images and people kind of talking about it. And the artwork and i knew i was going to get to it eventually just because of the the pedigree behind the book and this was definitely something that was uh i expected it to be good you know i i, I know chris is a master of the visual craft but and i i was confident that that would transfer over especially with teaming up with his wife laura to tell a very heartfelt and very uh uh just engaging story and yeah well and that's certainly what we got i don't want to give away too much of the story because i didn't know too much about it <laughs> and uh, i was pleasantly surprised and engaged all the way through so I'd, I'd like to keep that for you if if that's uh at all possible but yeah it's it's a book just as much about about sisterhood as it is about giant monsters and uh just s- full of so much heart and incredible action and again the art is just sublime uh, of course, uh, I have to give a shout out to my to my man Crank on letters. It's an Oni book, so you know Crank's doing the letters. Uh, Crank is a uh, a buddy and being a fantastic uh, creator in his own right. It's always good to see his name on books that I'm recommending because I like recommending books that my buddies do. And he's he's a phenomenal letterer. Uh, it's such an underrated skill to have, and yeah, I'm glad to to see him on the book as well. Uh, volume one is out now everywhere and uh volume two will be available april 5th everywhere so you know you can just you know wait a few days order them both up and just dig right in i can't wait to get volume two into my grubby little paws uh i kind of have a <laughs> i'm pretty sure my wife and i have a little my wife and i have a little uh, jonah of our own uh in our house so we're uh, i'm excited to get my paper copies of this in as i read, read it digitally to to you know, casually leave around the house and hopefully, uh, hopefully the little ones will pick it up and enjoy it as well. I'm, I'm sure they will once they do. So yeah, I I can't recommend this book enough. Jonah and the impossible monsters, only press available everywhere. Volume one out now, volume two out next week. Go and get them. You're going to love it. And now it is time for my guest today. I have the esteemed honor of having on the awesome steens uh you may know them from their amazing work on heart of the city or from the graphic novel (coughs) damn it (laughs) (laughs) ah sorry sorry i i shotgunned a bunch of popcorn for my lunch (laughs) before we started and it was a bad idea um (laughs) i'm gonna keep this in just because this is the, this is this is this is the real stuff, guys. Um, it is. It is. Or the amazing uh, graphic novel archival quality. And there's plenty of questions I want to ask Steens about in terms of you know making a comic strip yeah. and, and and the type of work they do and all that. But before we touch any of that, I have to ask: mm. Comics, coffee, metal. Mm-hmm. What are you digging right now? Man, okay. So, comics-wise, what am I digging right now? I am currently in the middle of uh, a graphic novel called Space Academy. Um, let me actually look it up. Space Academy comic. I want to see what the, the creator's name is. Uh, here we go. Mickey Zakili. Or is it Chili? I think it's Zakili. Uh, yeah, Space Academy 123 from Koyama Press. It's great. It's great. It's one of my... I really love stories that are like put in almost strip format where like 
every strip or every comic can kind of stand alone and have its own little punchline and then mm-hmm. has an overarching story. And Space Academy is definitely that. Um, you can also get those kinds of vibes from uh, uh, Jillian Tamaki's Super Mutant Academy, I believe it's something called. So I, I don't know why all these comics have Academy in it now that I didn't even like recognize the <laughs> the <laughs> connection between the two. But yeah, Space Academy 1, 2, 3 is great. Um, I obviously don't drink, I don't know why I said obviously, but I don't drink coffee because it, it messes up my body and uh, makes my heart rate a million. So uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea, specifically green tea, because my mom for Christmas, for some reason, gave me a, a, a huge box of assorted green teas. So mm. I'll be working on that box for like the <laughs> next year for sure. Um, I, I like green tea. Green teas, it's... Um, I was a tea guy before uh, a coffee guy. Yeah. And while normally I, I just go over some black tea or some chai tea, green tea definitely hits a spot for sure. Yeah. I always feel like I'm healthier yeah. when I'm drinking <laughs> green tea opposed to like a souped up like chai latte from Starbucks, which is like 70% sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but even so, it's still good. And yeah. then... um. For metal, I'm listening to Coheed Cambria's newest single, Liars Club, um, pretty much every other day, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you, I, you, you, you can't have it on all the time. You kind of I know, get, get, yeah, get you have to have room. some waves, you know, some ups and downs. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been listening to that because I'm a huge, huge fan. And I'm like one of those fans that has like the Dragonfly on the forearm, which is like mm-hmm. a thing that Coheat fans do. <laughs> um, and actually, you know what? They came out with a uh, brand of coffee last oh, year. And I don't drink coffee, but I bought it anyway because <laughs> I have to support the band. And my yes. my spouse drinks coffee. So I was okay. like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And then I also got like a shirt that has like Coheat coffee on it. And I'm like, this is incredible. Someone's going to ask me like, what is this coffee shop? I'm going to say it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had considered, cause sometimes on the show I'll, I'll review coffees and yeah. I had considered just like buying all like the coffees from bands Ooh, that have been putting out yeah. coffees. And my first thought was like, okay, well, Kirk Hammond from Metallica, he's partnered with a, a coffee place to do something called the greenie blend. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. But it was like a pre-order for, and it was like ridiculously priced. And I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. And, then, and then what was it? I know uh, the, the bass player from Megadeth did a coffee, but he got into some business that we're, I don't want to discuss. So we're not going to tr- support that endeavor, but yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, I, I, I got to find because it seems like it seemed like everywhere everyone was having coffees and now it just kind of like faded away a little bit. But um, yeah, it's but yeah, I if, think it's like a, a trend every once in a while. Someone's like, you know, we should make a coffee. We should start a podcast. We should. <laughs> I think I feel like a couple of years ago, everyone had like their own like liquor or whiskey or whatever. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> or like again, again, to bring up Metallica again, like they have their blackened whiskey, which is like aged with their music being played. Oh <laughs> to my the barrels. god that that's pretty metal though like yeah. that's uh, awesome uh oh they they definitely went for it i i, I give them props for that uh, yeah. i'm not an alcohol drinker but i'm like I, I i appreciate the effort you're going into to making this your thing yeah um, i like when when celebrities do this sort of thing and i try to like try it just to see what it's like like i'm a big fan of like lisa vanderpump from um real housewives with beverly hills and her show vanderpump rules and um she has a line of sangria that is just trash i mean it is <laughs> it's just sugar plus water plus fucking rubbing alcohol is what it what it is and it's it's just it's so bad but the the bottle is so well designed and the fact that she has her own sangria is like a part of the experience so you still drink it anyway. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, it's 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 no good. But you know what what is good? I've had The Rocks tequila. Okay. And uh his tequila is like 
excellent sipping tequila. Terrible for cocktails. But if you just want to sit and just drink like tequila on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Tequila on the rocks. Like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> See, it was all part of his plan. It's working. To constantly it's think about it. <laughs> itself into my mind already. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you're listening to the newest Coheed single. Like um, a friend of mine and comics retailer for Challengers Comics in Chicago, Patrick Brower, he He's a big metalhead too, and but he doesn't like he'll listen to like a single once from a band, and then oh not God. until the album comes out because he's afraid of like, like I don't want to. He's like, I to paraphrase him, he's like, I don't want to put the album on, and then I get to that song and I'm like, I heard this, I'm gonna skip it because oh, I want to see the other interesting, stuff. Interesting, interesting. Is that is that something uh, you? Because for, for me, like if I hear something new from a band I like and it's a single, or whatever, I'll play the living shit out of it. Yeah. And then when the album comes out, I'll still listen to it. Like, it, oh, it, it yeah, does, it, it's I, a part of I feel like an album is like a, it's, it's a comic book. You have to read all of it from beginning to end to get yeah. the entirety of it. So the same with an album, you have to listen to every song from beginning to end at least once just to yeah. get the full effect of the album. Yeah, um, I, I will say, though, if the album's not hitting me completely, and I know that song's the, the one I do like is coming up, it does just, distract yeah, me. Yeah, get to that one. <laughs> it does distract <laughs> me. Uh, that, that happened recently with the new Ghost album. Uh, yeah. And yeah, they... Oof, no. Um, so, yeah, you know, I was actually listening to Coheed this morning mm-hmm. to, like, get myself going today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not... Uh, I can't say I'm huge into to Coheed, but I do like some of their songs. I think their song, The Aftermath, is just an amazingly beautiful song. Oh, man, dude. I love that song. It's, it's so I love that good. song big time. It is, it is a, you know, one of those, like, oh, when I'm, you know, I want that mood. Yeah. <laughs> it, that gives me that mood. Yeah. Um, and, of course, absolutely. Welcome Home is, like, just a banger. It's, yeah, that one is, like... I feel like if they don't play it at the end of a concert, it's like, was this really a concert? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because it really is just excellent. But yeah. I was listening to their their latest album um, on Heavenly Creatures, and I love the first five songs and the last five songs, and the mm. middle five songs just don't hit for me. Mm. So I just don't listen to them <laughs> <laughs> well, unless I'm doing like a full coheed yeah. re-listen through where then I'll listen to every single song. Well, I don't know how many albums coheed has, but I think they're at the point to where they probably have quite a few. So it's, it's okay. Yeah. Like if it's, if it's like, okay, not, you know, yeah. every, basically if there's a band I like that's been around for more than, that has more than like four albums, like if their new album has like one or two songs I like, fine. Yeah. You know, if the rest are okay, that's fine. You know, yeah, that that's I I don't I don't judge it. Then it's hard to write music. <laughs> yeah, it, it's totally hard to write music. I mean, like I wouldn't even. I think if I wasn't a cartoonist, I'd probably either be a musician or a pastry chef. Because like that's just magic to me. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you do you play music now or no? Okay. No, no, I um, only have time for one skill. (laughs) Well, that's not true. That's not true. I I can like, I make the time for the things I want to get better at, which is why I frequently uh, roller skate. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do like jam sessions for that. And then I also, um, I'm big into puzzles right now. Yeah, I remember we had uh, messaged a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because my wife's big into puzzles and that's... You know, I don't have patience for that. <laughs> you definitely that. need the time. Yeah. And I mean, I'm definitely one of those people who's like, well, I'll just pop an edible and just do this puzzle all day. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's nice, where I want to be. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice, relaxing day. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure if my, uh, my wife was able to, she would, yeah, she would just do like puzzles for eight hours a day. Like, yeah, that's one of her favorite things. I actually, I got her, uh, She's like, oh, do you want me to like do a puzzle for the office or something? And I got this giant like Godzilla, like bootleg puzzle from eBay or something. It's like oh a thousand God. plus pieces or something like that. I'm like, hey, and she's like, all right, that's what you want. Oh my God, <laughs> go. did she do it? Oh, uh, she hasn't started it yet, but um, oh my God, she's well, yeah. Heads up, if if it is as cheap as you say it is, because I've also bought some cheap, cheap, cheap puzzles. One of them in particular was for the uh, 
the movie poster for Amadeus because it's mm. my uh, my husband's one of my husband's favorite movies, and uh, it was terrible quality. I'm talking like mm. the pieces were basically made out of corrugated cardboard. It felt like, and um, thankfully though. If you turn over the entire puzzle, you can see that they are stamped with like letters and images and whatnot. So I mm-hmm. ended up doing the puzzle upside down because it was easier to do it that way than it was to do it just fitting all black pieces together. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, she had a puzzle like that where there's this huge section and they had it like numbered or something in the back. Yeah. And she's like, I'm like, oh. That's that's cool in case, you know, you're having trouble. She's like, no. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to do it like this. And she did it. Kudos to her. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like, that's, 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 you know, that's her white whale. It's like, yeah. A, you know, she's, what is it? She has this puzzle, like she keeps bringing up. I think it's called like the purple monster or something. It's just mm. all purple. Oh my God. But uh, yeah, she's been, she's been doing some puzzles, like um, some, just like some sunflowers and some stuff for, and we've been putting them up around the house because, you know, our walls were pretty bare. Yeah, like, I love stuff putting up. mine up on the on the walls and stuff. You know, so many people are like, "Oh my gosh, we should swap puzzles," and I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> no, no, no!" If I do a puzzle, I'm mod podging it and I'm putting it on the wall so I can remember the experience I had when I put it together. Like, I love looking at my wall and seeing a puzzle and being like, "Oh man, yeah, that part was really hard." Or, <laughs> I love this little stupid dog who's like running around in the back of the puzzle, you know? So it's like, I want to make sure that I remember that experience and, um, I don't ever redo puzzles. Once it's done, it's done. Nice. Uh, when you do puzzles, like, does your spouse, like if your spouse is like, Oh, I, I see a piece. Like, are you, are you like, no. Or you're like, all right, go ahead, put it in. Put it in. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to finish this puzzle. So if you want to help, pull up a chair. Let's go. I have no, like, me and my, um, my friend Kat, we actually have been doing puzzles like once a week all throughout the winter. And we've been keeping track of how long it takes us. Uh, we've been rating it on quality, uh, how much fun we had, um, difficulty. Because there are some that we've had that are like difficult, but we enjoyed every bit of it because the illustration was cool. And then there are some where the quality was like A rank, S rank quality, but was so difficult that we wanted to like burn it to the ground. So it's <laughs> like, it's fun to be able to like do many of them and keep track of what your thoughts are just for, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe sometime in the future, I'll I'll find that note <laughs> somewhere in my Google Drive and be like, "Oh yeah, this is what we thought of those uh, puzzles." I, I I dig that. I dig doing something like that where it's like, let me let me break all this down. Yeah. To, to, to how long this takes? How how? Uh, just get the get the data. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's there's something so fulfilling about data <laughs> <laughs> so uh before i start asking you about comics i do have one more coheed question and that yeah. is have you read the comic i have i have and i don't care about them <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild i feel like i'm one of the like biggest coheed fans because i'm like i literally will see them anytime they're even close to st louis that means I will travel if I have to. I just, I love the band and I don't care about the story. I think, I think the story could be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to be judgy considering, you know, I edit comics for a living, but. You can't, you can't um, turn that part of yourself I, off completely I can't. sometimes. Yeah. I really, really can't. So there are some things that I like. I like that, uh. What's his face did the the first book, the king of doing a first issue and walking away. Um, got Tony Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Does he, does he ever finish a book these days? Uh, um, I don't know if he's even doing any books. I don't think now. he is either now. That's that's like a decade ago, huh? Yeah, I think well I think I think he they finally settled and he got that walking dead money and now yeah. he's like, I'm just gonna 
do what I want. Yeah. I need to grind out books. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If I, I if I got that kind of money, I you wouldn't see my ass. Well, that's yeah. not true. That's not true. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely have read the, the comics. And I, I think that the world is really cool. Like if someone was like, oh, so are you like a, a child of the fence, which is like what you call Coheed fans? I say yes. You know, like I know all about the key work. I know all about General Mayo and, you know, they're romance across the stars more power to you claudio sanchez but that is not why i'm listening to coheed and cambria uh, well it, it kind of follows suit with like most concept albums being like just enjoy the music and don't think too much about it like it's, yeah. it's fine it's fine like i there's a few bands i listen to because in metal you can't avoid coming across a story a, yeah. A, yeah a concept <laughs> album here and there but there's a few bands i think that do it kind of night there's a band called evergrey that kind of does it where you can kind of if you think if you like really look at it it's like oh yeah you're kind of telling this whole big story yeah. but each song on its own is is its own song like it, it's it's yes. you don't have to like oh you know if you listen closely to the first verse and three songs ago like you'll under you'll really get why i'm doing this now even though it seems out of place it's yeah like, i think it really just kind of depends on the type of storytelling you're doing because like i think about like the fabulous killjoys Mm-hmm. You know, by MCR, that story is great. I love that story. I love the idea of a narrator going through the entire album as well. That is cool, but it doesn't have to go across their entire discography. You know, they did one concept album or like um, uh, The Weeknd with his last album. All of those videos put together in one crazy ass movie. Fantastic great album so it's like i think it's doable i think it just depends on how complex is your story and do i need to listen to the every single album in order to understand the story and if i don't why is the story there to begin with so there's a lot to go into it that's for sure definitely definitely all right so yeah i i I'd first come across them because I, I i know chris burnham and he took over the art duties yeah for that book so i'm like I'm like, Coheed and Cambria, why does this sound familiar? I'm like, oh, this is actually a band. Oh. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's just like, for me, I'm like, that's so cool. Like, bands are doing comics now. And it's not like, oh, Kiss Meets Spider-Man. Like, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, they're doing their own legit thing now. That's awesome. Yeah. It is cool. Whoops. It, uh, I just dropped my Wacom pen. I'm like also drawing <laughs> as we talk. Um, that's fine. I nearly choked to death before we started. So, it's, it's cool. <laughs> so we're all good. Um, but yeah, it is really, really cool when it works well. I mean, I even liked the Killjoys comic that uh, Becky Cloonan did back in 2013, 2014. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. So now let's get to the nitty gritty mm. part of the city. That rhymed. Yeah. Um, so, something about doing books like, uh, strips like that. Um, first off, you know, congrats on being the second nationally syndicated black non-binary cartoonist. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, uh, always like just utterly fascinating to see how stupid people are <laughs> about those types of things. Um, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not here to talk about whatever. BS, whatever. Um, this is about you and and celebrating you. But I'm doing a strip like that. Like, what what does like the work entail? Like yeah. on a day to day basis, that always fascinates me because it's it is comics, but it's it seems like it's like turned up to eleven in terms yeah. of intensity. Yes, and I think a lot of that has to come with the fact that it is a daily comic and there's no end in sight. You know, whenever you're working on a comic, you're always working towards that end page, you know, that last hundred somethingth page. But with Heart of the City, that does not exist, you know? So it's like, I'm working towards not an ending, more so working towards building the world out more and more and giving these kids stories and opportunities for growth and change. So you have to like, think about it that way so that you're not like sitting at your desk like homer remember you're here forever you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah do you do you have like what's if you can talk about like do you have like a a, what's your window of like how far ahead are you yeah yeah so so most cartoonists 
turn in their work about four to six weeks ahead of publication, depending on if it's a daily, if it's a Sunday, and what situation they have going on with their syndicate. Mm -hmm. So uh, it helps when you are a current events gag strip that that's the amount of time you have. Because let's say, you know, we wanted to talk about, um, gosh, what's something that happened recently that I can talk about? Okay, well, let's say if we want to talk about uh, the war right now between Mm -hmm. Russia and Ukraine, you have to remember that what you talk about when you draw it has to still be relevant six weeks later. You know, otherwise your readers are going to be like, okay, well, this makes sense that they're bringing this up now, but also we have stopped talking about X, Y, and Z. We're moved on to A, B, and C now, you know? So I did not want to get into that situation. I don't want to have to wake up in the morning and be like, hmm, what am I drawing today? I want to be prepared. Um, So what I do is... I focus my comic on being a story focused rather than current event focused. Yes, sometimes I will bring in current events like, um, you know, there is a, a, an area, um, an arc where Hart was watching like all of Gargoyles on Disney Plus because <laughs> it was available to her and she yeah. ended up getting like caught up and not leaving the house. And <laughs> <laughs> And so it's like, yes, we can use some, you know, things that are in our world as as well. But if I focus on the story, I I don't have to worry about that. Is this still relevant question? You know, so what I do is I write out these stories um, months in advance. So I actually just finished writing out all of the strips for November and December of 2022. And it's currently March. So I am different from other cartoonists in that I, I want to have all of that organized by, by now. Okay. Once I have all of those strips written, obviously I send it to my editor to make sure that they're okay and the story makes sense. I'm not writing myself into plot holes. And once they get approved, then we go to the actual production. The actual production is one week I start off and I do roughs for next week. So that means I'll draw out a general idea of what the strips for that week will be. And they don't have to be incredible, impressive. You know, they just (laughs) need to be like, here's the staging. Here's the dialogue. Because what's most important in uh, syndicated comics is that you get that punchline or you get what you want across in that short period of time that you have, which is two inches by six inches. Mm -hmm. So once I get that approved, uh, then next week I will finalize those roughs, ink them, shade them, put the text in, put in my signature, the copyright information. And then I send it along to the coloring department. And then four weeks after that, it's in the newspapers. So every week I'm working on both the roughs for the upcoming week and the finals for the previous roughs that I had done. Okay. And I usually like to do two a day so that I'm only working three days out of the week on dailies. Mm -hmm. And I do Sundays throughout the week because they are just, they're bigger, they're full color. So they take me longer to do than a daily strip. So, um, If I am on track and not (laughs) distracted, the goal is to turn in the Sundays and uh, all of the strips by Thursday, if I'm working Monday through Friday. And so since I have those two strips a day, obviously that's not going to take up my entire day. I think a strip can take me anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours, depending on the level of complexity of what's going on, how many people are in the panels, what kind of illustration I need to do. Um, if it's, if it's just like talking heads, that's going to take me like 45 minutes. But if it's like they're in an auditorium filled with people, yeah, Yeah. that's going to take me more time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I make sure that I only do so many a day so that I have more time to do my other jobs, which is editorial and teaching and working on my graphic novel. Uh, a million things being juggled at once, but yes, <laughs> is, is, do you have like a hardcore like planner 
game. Yeah, or... oh yeah. I I show people what my calendar looks like and they like start to sweat. But it looks beautiful to me because I know exactly what I have to do for like the next few months, you know? So if someone is like, hey, can you travel and do this, you know, June 17th through 19th? Oh, no, I'm going to be in Toronto. So it's like, it's nice to be able to have already set what I need to do for that day, even if it takes me some time putting that information into the calendar. But once you have a, a base set, it's really easy to like tell yourself the second you get a new thing that you need to do, you put it on the calendar. So it's no longer in your head, you mm -hmm. know, like I have to do <clears throat> pencils for a pitch that's coming up. So I have already put in when the pencils are going to be completely due as well as placing when I'm going to do page one, page two, page three, anytime I'm going to do all of that, I put that on the calendar. That way, even though someone said this is due this day, I'm no longer thinking about it until I get to that week or two weeks before it's due when on my calendar, it says, hey, today you need to do page one of X, Y and Z, you know? No, that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I love a good plan, a good, well thought out routine. It's just, yeah. uh, I think my body just rejects them though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or more so my mind just rejects the, the, uh, like doing it and getting it all set up. It's like, okay, this, this is great. And then executing it is just like, yeah. uh, you know, I got other stuff going on, but it's this also just like, you know, getting once, once like one thing doesn't get managed. Mm -hmm. In the time frame I allowed it for, it just it's dominoes, and then it's just like yeah. it's like why bother? The hell with this? <laughs> just it's all in my head. Stress, stress, stress. And uh, I know, I, you know, it takes a lot of discipline to be yeah. able to get out of that feeling of oh no, I wasn't able to do X, Y, and Z because I've had that time before. I am actually I beat myself a lot up when I and I shouldn't be, but I do whenever I like don't manage to get everything done, but. That's one of the reasons why I like having a to-do list, because mm -hmm. even though it's on my calendar, you know, and it says this is what I need to do, having it written out on a notebook where I can physically scratch out all the things that I've done, it helps me visualize that I have finished more than nothing, you know, yeah. because like in my head, if I am behind two pages in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to finish this book. <laughs> but on paper, it's like, okay, but you may not have gotten two pages done, but look at everything else you got done that day. You know, you did strips, you did meetings, you did panels, you left the house and did grocery shopping, you know? So it's like, you kind of have to force yourself to remember that um, you don't have to do it all when the sun is up. You don't have to do it all in 24 hours. You don't have to do it all. It's just one at a time, and eventually you'll get there. Ah, from your lips to my ears, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> to my brain. Uh, yeah. But no, it's, yeah, it's, you can't underestimate the power of a good routine, I would yeah. say. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a constant work in progress for myself to do something with that. Uh, I am definitely... I have probably just as many planners as sketchbooks. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and just as many like half filled. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why I love Google calendar. Yeah. Because if I kept trying to move it to different planners, nothing would get done, you well, know? Well, in, in, you know, arranging to have you on and all that, you know, I, it, doing the podcast is the most organized thing I have. Yeah. <laughs> because, and that is simply just because I'm working a you know, it's not just my time I'm accounting for. I'm also accounting mm -hmm. for, you know, my wife and my family yeah. because, you know, I'm taking up that time. So I have to make sure it's on our calendar to do that. So, Absolutely. Th so, and you know, you can access that skill anytime. You can do you that, say that for the rest you of your that. life. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but I don't know. Uh, you I don't know. know. I, got, I got this guy like... in the back of my head who's a pretty good uh, counter argument by just saying no. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it, it is something I'm, I'm constantly working on. And my wife is, uh, for her day job, she's a project manager. And so she oh, is, wow. she has the organization. She is the, everything's detailed, everything's written. Like she, you know, nothing 
gets by her. And yeah. Whenever anyone like in her jobs, like, well, we didn't have this information. It's like, no, in fact, you did. Here's the date I sent it to you, <laughs> and here's the email you replied. Okay, got it. On and like, yeah, you know, you gotta have those receipts. So you know, as they say, you know, yin and yang of a relationship. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, did I say that? <laughs> did I send an email on that? Oh, did I forget to hit send on that text? <laughs> oh my god. But um, I'm really bad at forgetting to to send text. Yeah. I feel like. I think the the longer we go as a society with using our phones, the the less they're going to feel like this amazing piece of technology and more like a just something you have to deal with. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. I, I love being able to contact people and I, I love being able to like, you know, know exactly what needs to be done and to get calls. But it's like I'm so used to ignoring my phone. <laughs> That I'm afraid that eventually I'm just going to stop using it altogether, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm terrible at like, I'll look at things to get rid of the notification. And mm-hmm. if it's something I have to reply to, I'm like, oh, I'll get back to that. And then. Then you forget about it. Yeah. A perfect example is there's a, a library show I do. I had done for the few years and they're reopening this year. And I'm like, I guess I'll try it. It's a small, you know, it's small. It's in a library, little con or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And they sent me the invite, like, literally, like, two weeks ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to reply to this. And then, like, a week ago, they're like, hey, just checking in. We'd love to see you back. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I, oh, I, my I, God, I, I never replied to this. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, so I actually replied, like, oh, yeah, I'll do the application for your records uh, later tonight. So I did it this morning, <laughs> which is another oh week God. after they sent that. You did it, but you <laughs> but did, I did it. it. I did it. I did it. And See, then, that's why it's like you also have to have like other tools that isn't just yeah. use a calendar. Like if I get an email that I don't want to answer, I have to put a star on it because mm-hmm. otherwise I will forget about it. Or mm-hmm. I've gotten myself to uh, every time at the beginning of the day, I don't just look at today's emails. I look at yesterday's emails yeah. because if I look at yesterday's emails, I'm going to notice one that I said, I'm going to address that later, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it takes, it's, you need a lot of tools in order to be um, good with time management. That's for sure. Yeah. That, that is, that is my biggest personal hurdle. But I, I, Baby steps. I'm making baby steps. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, thank Google for at least the uh, re- the reminder feature they have in their Gmail. Like, oh, hey, follow man. up. <laughs> like, oh, oh, my yes, gosh. I would the like second to they thank started you. doing that, I was like, this is this is it, Google. <laughs> like, this is one of the best things that you've done was was that that and um, they've got like predictive text now when you're typing yes. your email. Oh, that helps so much. Just like, cause I'm like, Oh, Gosh. how do I respond to this? We'll do. Okay. Click done. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It, it's, um, they, they know our, they know our weaknesses. They know everything. I know, <laughs> you know, speaking of, uh, uh, getting your, like organizing your, your, your workspace and workload. I just recently got a stream deck, oh, which okay. has helped me immensely. Because, you know, I'm working on Heart of the City every day, but I'm also working on side quests. And so I find myself having to go back and forth through different templates, you know, Mm -hmm. the Sunday template, the daily template, the side quest template. And I felt like I was taking up a lot of time by hitting file, open, going to the folders and picking the right one. And sometimes I would end up in a situation where I was going uh automatically by muscle memory and i end up opening the wrong file and so i use the stream deck so that opening up a certain file is just one button Mm -hmm. and it's like the smallest change like it probably saves me 30 seconds per opening of a file but how often do i open that file yeah that could be you know 10 15 minutes cut down that i could be using to take a break Mm-hmm. and stretch you know so no totally um it's cool when uh i started working on the the ipad i got this thing called the um a buddy of mine hit me to it it's called the 8-bit do- it's like a, it looks like a little nintendo controller mm. but it's a bluetooth controller and you can map it with macros oh yeah so i'm like oh my god this is amazing like i can map because i don't really do a lot of coloring but when i do it's like okay well i switch a lot i switch between a lot of things yeah. Um, so like, this is perfect, you know, zoom, whatever, or switch this and this and whatever. So I'd spent all this time setting it all up and everything and just like, oh, this is perfect. And then 
when I didn't have anything to color for a couple months, it just got put away. And now I have to like dig it out again. Yeah. <laughs> so I also had like, um, oh God, this was a few years ago, but it was one of those first like macro pads for artists. It had like the little rotating dial and it had like the little, oh, uh, yeah. little keyboard and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'd set it up because I also do music and the podcast and all that. And I'm like, oh, I could, I had like four or five different like settings. You can like, oh, this one's for this program. This one's for this program. So I'm like, oh, I, this can be for editing. This can be the, perfect. So I do all that. I get it all set up and then I just don't use it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that is the other thing. You kind of have to and, use the, the tools you got. <laughs> and then when I remind myself, like, hey, you have this thing that's a pretty cool tool. And also, it's got those like mechanical keys, so it's really clicky, so it's really satisfying. Mm. Um, yes, I love that. So uh, I need to get one of those because that. Yeah, I love mechanical keyboards. Yeah, I, you know, side note, I I want to get a mechanical keyboard, and I'm like, oh, I totally do, but I I like having the number pad, and a lot mm. of them don't have the number pad. And That's I'm, true. I didn't think about that. And I'm like, well, I like you know because I do a lot of the numbers and stuff, and on the pad, I don't do the thing. So I'm like, well, I mean, a number pad is just luxury. That's yeah, what that is. Exactly. And so I'm like, but I'm also like, you know, I also kind of type a little rough. And I'm like, you know, my <laughs> wife now shares our office now that she's been, you know, working from home for the past two years now. And I'm like, this is going to annoy the living shit out of her. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And she's like, well, you know, bless her. Bless her so much because she's like, I like it, though. I was like, And she's like, really, how often are you? Because if we're both in here. Um, it's rare because usually yeah. uh, you know, I'll be with the kids or, you know, the kids are down and I'm in here working and whatever, where it's no one's awake yet and I'm working. So it's I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe. But yeah, that's where I came across. Like, there's no number pads. I need my number. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, get totally like look into one of those because it, it is super, super handy. And at this point, my workflow has changed so much that I'm going to have to remap all the keys anyway. Yeah. But I should do it. Like, you know, uh, it's. It, 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 it's all part of the, uh, the the ADHD swill I have going on. That's like, mm, I love the yeah. thing. I'm going to learn everything about the thing. I'm going to set up <laughs> this thing. All right, next. And I will forget the thing. Yeah, because like, oh, I can, you know, I've, I've had stuff set up when I would do, you know, some video editing or, you know, music editing, podcast editing, you know, Photoshop, Clip Studio, all that mm-hmm. stuff set up. And then... <laughs> I know, uh, but yeah, I, I I should get back to it. If anything, this conversation will be a stern reminder for me to like uh, put some more energy back into getting organized. Because there you go, I have the angel of my wife on my shoulder saying like, "I'll help you, I'll help you," and I'm like, "I don't want to burden you with this." But hey, if they offer, <laughs> take the offer. Yeah, take the offer. Oh, uh, well, I yeah, I I definitely should, but it's also like that the other part of you where you're like, I'm a grown person, I should be able to do this. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, you know, the the myth of being self-made is a myth. Yes. You know, everyone who is like super successful is either a liar and a cheat or mm-hmm. their community yeah. it has helped them, you know? So your mm-hmm. wife is your community. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, so with Heart of the City, uh, you have there's a, a collection coming out soon. Yes. Is that. Uh, forgive me for not knowing this ahead of time. Is that everything you've worked on since you've taken over? So the first book, <clears throat> Heart Takes the Stage, collects uh, April 2020 through November 2020. Okay. And then the second book, which I'm not sure what the title will be or when that will come out, but I I do have the uh, a contract for a second book that will collect, I believe the next group of that time period what's what's april to november like six months april may june july august yeah seven months yeah so from november through the next seven months so yeah okay okay um and i'll make sure there's pre-order links in the description below so you can check that out i think uh as as my daughter is getting older she's gonna be six in in less than a month now (laughs) <laughs> she's uh, it really goes by fast doesn't it it has been the longest six years but also the shortest six years and that's yeah. the best way i can put it um and she's she's a huge reader like yeah so i'm like oh i should you know and she's taking interest in some like the dogman books and and uh, stuff like that 
So I'm like, I should get some comic strip books. Yeah, you should. I mean, you those know? are the first comics that I read. Yeah, like, like <clears> who, <throat> who, who in, you know, in grade school didn't like when it was time to go to like go for the Garfield books or the yeah, exactly, or like Zits or yeah. um, Baby Blues. I like Curtis and Jump Street. Curtis, yes, Curtis was one of my favorite ones. There's uh, so many good ones. There's so many good. Ones. Oh my god, Kathy. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, those were those are all the books that I read, the comics anyway that I read when I first um when I was growing up. Those are the ones that I would always gravitate towards. And then eventually I got into manga and then eventually American comics and so on and so forth. But yeah, so many people are is they they know of comics and know that there are, you know, syndicated comics in newspapers. But I think people forget that there are people who draw those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pe- people make you know? these things. Yeah. Because it's like even Peanuts started small before it was, you know, movies and TV and collectibles and the estate that it is now, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there's always someone behind it. Now, you, you mentioned you're working on uh, this book, Side Quest. Is that something you mm-hmm. can talk about? now or is it too early no no not too early it's um so it is a graphic novel history slash memoir and sam satin and i take the readers on a journey through space and time to see the origins of tabletop role-playing games from uh early role-playing to early board games uh to uh psychology and how it relates to role playing to war gaming larping so we go through it all and it's kind of to serve as like here's a a clear understanding of how we got to this point you know it wasn't just dungeons and dragons and i think that that's something that when people think about tabletop role-playing games, the only one they think about is Dungeons & Dragons. And there are plenty more out there. And it's actually going to be really interesting because Sam is a huge D&D fan. I mean, he uh, is a GM for multiple campaigns and has been into it since he was uh, a young kid. And I didn't get into tabletop role-playing games until adulthood. And I would say I was maybe like early 20s when I first played my my first um, tabletop role-playing game, which was Mage the Ascension. And I loved it because it wasn't fantasy. Um, I hate fantasy. If it's got like (laughs) wizards and magic and elves, I don't need any of that. I can't stand it. So it's like fascinating that so many people are like, oh my gosh, you love D&D, so you must like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no. I like tabletop role-playing games. <laughs> I don't like D&D. <laughs> um, so it'll be a, a really great view because the tabletop role-playing game community is more than just the players of D&D. It's people who write it. It's people who make cosplay for it. It's people who LARP. It's, it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's, it's all the idea of playing make-believe, and we've been doing that for as long as we can remember, you know, there's a sometimes there's a point where kids are encouraged to play and make believe. And then all of a sudden it becomes something that isn't relevant anymore. And so people see tabletop role playing games or LARPing or any, really any kind of role play as something that's for kids, but it's for humans. Like there's a reason why it's so helpful and why people enjoy doing it. You know, and we go into all of that in the book. That is expertly put. I should say. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I'm going to assume the answer is not fantasy, but is there a particular genre that you haven't touched yet with your work that you're like, I, I would like to take a stab at something like this? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say because I really love horror and I really love sci-fi and I really love when they're combined. But I always feel like I don't have the chops to write sci-fi and horror or even to draw it because my style is so, I don't know, so young leaning, I guess is the word. I don't know. I, I'm I terrible at, like, get de- into at, that. At, yeah, at defining that, that style because for me, like if you were to take the style you draw now and do like yeah. a sci-fi horror thing, I think that would be really interesting. 
yeah. to see it in that manner. And because not everything needs to be ultra realistic, not everything needs to be. You That's know, true. Like, or at least you know, start from realistic and then be, you know, comic book guys. <laughs> yeah. With everything. Like I, and I think that's really what I need to like recognize. <laughs> I mean, I've I've been in the comics industry for over ten years, and I feel like I've grown as a creator, but I still need to like have confidence that I can do other genres and just jump into it. But then my question for myself becomes, well, just because I really like horror and I really like sci-fi, does that mean I have to make horror and sci-fi comics? No. You know, like, I really love Slice of Life comics. There's a reason why Heart of the City is so successful at what it's doing. It's because it's what I really, really love. So, I don't know. Maybe if I ever get some free time, that'll be my, my smaller projects, maybe, to give that a try. Because I'm not against trying it. I know I, I tried to do um, a comic where I wrote and illustrated the entire thing because usually I work with collaborators or I'm doing work for hire or I'm reimagining characters. So this was something that was completely from scratch and it's called Receiving Transmissions. And um, it was a great lesson for me to, to learn, but I hated all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like writing it. I didn't like drawing it. And so the question then becomes, well, just because I like sci-fi doesn't mean I have to actually draw it. Because if I don't like drawing it, it's going to show in the artwork, you know? I, I totally so. get that. I totally get that. I, I, I struggle with that myself, too, because I love sci-fi as well. But I'm also yeah. like drawing tech. God, I don't... I, yeah, I don't want to do that at all. I, that just seems... There's uh, an artist, Mark Laming who's you know fantastic in that realistic style and he, he draws this uber detailed stuff and i'm like to me it feels like if i can't draw it like that why am i gonna bother but then you know you, <laughs> you think know? about comics like on a sunbeam yeah by tilly walden and pretty much like all the comics that ashanti fortson does it's sci-fi you know but it definitely doesn't look like alien <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it ha it has a softness to it even though it has a high tech aspect to it yeah you know no yeah totally i don't know it's so wild i'm like advocating for myself to do this sort of stuff all <laughs> while also saying you don't need to do it <laughs> <laughs> you have the option That's yeah the, the duality of man right <laughs> exactly, exactly uh well well, Steens, thank you so much for your time today. I, I don't want to keep you too long. I really appreciate you coming on and you know telling us about your process and, and all that. So um, right now would be the time to let everybody know where they can find you online if they don't know already, which they should, but if they don't, <laughs> now's the time. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under Steens. That's O-H-E-Y Steens. Um, I'm also on TikTok. I don't really make a whole lot of TikToks. I think mostly use it to look at my For You page. <laughs> um, and then I'm also going to be at C2E2 this year in August. And I believe I'll be at to in Toronto for TCAF. There's still a few things I need to get figured out. Um, and then I think I might also be doing one other convention i don't remember which one it was i think it may be cxc but we shall see but you can always find me i i think if you want to like reach out to me for any reason either go to my instagram and dm me or you can just email me at ohasteens at gmail.com i leave my email open because i want people to have access to the knowledge that i am willing to give um obviously that don't abuse it because <laughs> I know when I first got my gig um, <clears throat> doing heart of the city, I got a lot of hate mail in my email and I was like, well, this is stupid. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so. it's, I, I can't imagine. Uh, Cause I also had uh, Jules Rivera on and she took over uh, Mark trail. The, yeah. The Mark trail strip. And it was, uh, and you know, she was very much of the mind of like, pfft, like whatever you know babies like 
it, it, yeah but it, i mean but, you know, not, not, not everyone not everyone has that experience or, or that, yeah that, no that jules is it. definitely <laughs> lets water go off a duck's back or whatever the idiom is yeah. you know um i on the other hand I do not like it um so please do not send me hate mail um because i don't think it's cute i don't think it's funny no. uh send it to someone else argue with your mother yeah <laughs> Uh, which which is probably what they needed to do to begin with. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, there you go. And uh, hopefully, yeah. I'll see you at C two E two. We'll yeah. We'll. Uh, I'm I'm still uh, on the fence on an event that big, but I heard they did December really well. I heard that they 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 managed the situation, but now that restrictions are lifted, oh boy. Um, yeah, we'll see. we shall see. We shall we'll see. see. We shall see. But. Regardless, go follow Steens, check it yeah. out, read Heart of the City, go pre-order the book. And oh, yeah. You can read Heart of the City at gocomics.com. Uh, just look up Heart of the City. It's like on the main page. And there you go. All right. Once again, Steens, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. Please be sure to return next episode with my guest, comic creator, Brenton Hawkey. See you then.